Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Self-Medicated Podcast for Monday, June 1st. It's the motherfucking summertime, man. It's finally warm outside. I'm excited that it's warm. But I am your host, Troy Aleem, a.k.a. The Wayfair, a.k.a. Young Quentin Quarantino, a.k.a. Young, uh, not Young, the Banter Boss. I'm here, as always, with the captain of the igloo, Young Popular and Friendly, a.k.a. The Box Hunter, a.k.a. One Pop Poppy. And then we also have, hopefully from now on, the man behind the visuals, a.k.a. Young Fast and Furious, <laughs> Rafi is here with us. And yeah, man, we in the building. Self-medicated podcast. We back. It's been a super duper wild week. It's been a hell of a week. Uh, but before we get into it, as always, we want to get into our housekeeping items. So as always, make sure you follow us on Instagram at the TheSelfMedPod. Um, wherever you're listening to this at, subscribe and leave a review. Let us know what other podcasts we should be rocking with. We started these organic shout outs, which I think are dope. Um, and we have a special uh, organic shout out this week, but we also want to hear from y'all what other podcasts we should be linking with and, and fucking with. In terms of the organic shout out, the captain brought this one to our attention, the Thinking Outside the Boombox, TOTB, the podcast hosted by Good Kid Shy City. So on Instagram, it's TOTB, the podcast hosted by on Instagram at Good Kid Shy City. And this one is dope. They're delivering hip hop and R&B news, artist breakdowns. You want to tell the story about how it caught your attention with the Schoolboy Q breakdown? I thought that was really insightful. Yeah, I saw he was doing a series on like TDE artists. Schoolboy is probably my favorite TDE artist. I know a lot of people was Kendrick, but I fuck with Schoolboy. Resonates with my soul. Mm. So um, <laughs> I was listening to it and he was kind of just breaking down like his first few mixtapes. One of the mixtapes I hadn't even heard of. You kind of talking about some of Schoolboy Q's uh, origin stories, but he was talking about his albums, um, Blank Face and uh, Oxymoron. Mm. And he was saying like how big of a fan he was of Oxymoron, and I was too. And he felt like kind of Blank Face was kind of like a step down. Initially, I thought that as well, but then he was kind of breaking it down. He was saying after more listenings of the album, he realized that Blank Face was kind of like Schoolboy Q's 808 and Heartbreaks, meaning that. It was his, him taking a step out of his normal sound and kind of diverging to go into something that was a little bit more uh, gritty and raw, opposed to like Oxymoron, where it had more popular, friendly songs with like Collard Greens and mm. Studio and things like that. Yep. It gets more of the sinister sounding, darker theme. So I was like, man, I never thought about it that way, how he transitioned from those two albums. So he's pretty insightful and he uh, does really good reviews on albums and keeps you updated with the latest stuff so highly that's recommend it that's what's up we love the the music breakdowns here on this podcast mm-hmm. sometimes i feel like we get a little nerdy with it but <laughs> so it's refreshing to hear yeah he <laughs> takes it to another yeah, level, to another that's level. What's up. i yeah. appreciate that shit so yeah make sure y'all check out thinking outside the boombox totb the podcast and let them know the self-medicated podcast sent you let's get into it man it's uh <laughs> somebody deemed this week if it was a movie title, would be the Attack of the Karens. <laughs> um, and I think that was relevant earlier on this past week, but I, I feel like shit just got way more serious and quickly over the over the course of the week. So, you know, last week, I don't even know if we touched on it on this podcast about, because it was, I think it, Loki, I think we recorded right before all of the shit really, really started like mm-hmm. going down. 
Um, so the first thing was the, what is it, Central Park Karen, who <laughs> called the police on a black man who was bird watching. And, you know, this was similar to a permit patty type situation. Like she was confronted by a black person, terrified and attempting to weaponize the police to make herself feel safer. So that was like tearing up the streets for a little bit. The And the streets, I mean the internet, which is like the antithesis of the streets. But it was tearing up the streets for uh, a good day or so, I think. Mm-hmm. Ironically, though, that very same day, the incident in Minnesota with uh, George Floyd being murdered happened as well. And that also started picking up momentum and becoming more and more of a story as you know, protests broke out, um, riots broke out, more information about the situation came out. And I think, you know, outrage um, just came out with it, right? Like it increased, increased. It became more and more obvious just like how, like there's no, there's no cover here, right? Like there's no, uh, and not unlike a whole lot of other situations, but I, I think that you know, timing is a motherfucker, man. And, and when you combine different shit in different circumstances, it's, it's just the right ingredients come together for some shit to pop off. Um, and I think we're starting to see maybe things starting to pop off. It's funny because, you know, I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. I think because you burned it out of the police station. It's popping off. So it's weird because when, you know, Trayvon Martin happened, there were riots and there were protests and there were some fires. Mm-hmm. When Freddie Gray happened, there were some riots, there were some protests. I don't know if it was a fire or not. Uh-huh. Alton Sterling, Philando Castile, all of these things have happened before, right? And I think protests broke out across the country before. What feels different about right now, I think, is the fact that there's nothing else to talk about. There are no other distractions. This is mm. the main thing. I don't think it's any more frequent. Like right now, it's not happening any more frequent than it has in the past. I don't think it's any more uh, like shocking or violent the way that it happens. Like we legitimately, Eric Garner got choked out by the police as well, right? Like it's not like we're talking about new, they're like we've legitimately seen these things happen before. We've also seen the police not get convicted of anything. And like, you can understand why people naturally would be angry at this situation just in general. It's fucked up and it's bogus. But then when you start adding in the elements of coronavirus, the economic impact of coronavirus, motherfuckers is at the crib, shut down, can't do shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's a lot going on in folks' minds right now that I think creates this perfect storm of, you know, yeah, maybe motherfuckers might actually <laughs> might actually fucking be sick and tired of being sick and tired. Like, for real, for real. Mm. It's funny because if y'all remember, uh, Malik came on this podcast and said a long time ago, this was early, early on, one of the original podcasts, and said he thinks that, yo, the revolution might happen because of this coronavirus shit. Mm. And I remember I was a little dismissive because I was like, nah, nah, I'm that. <laughs> but what he did say was the combination of niggas being broke, niggas being bored, and injustice on top of that, mm-hmm. like you can't be distracted from it, may just be the perfect. Like he was, I remember him talking about like, yo, what if you're in a grocery store, it's one can of, of, of baby formula left, 
and somebody called you a nigga on the way into the store. Like, that's a perfect storm for, like, you just not, you may yeah. not react to things in the best way under those circumstances. True. Right? Um, so, like, you know, maybe this is the right circumstances for some shit to, to really go down. I want to pause there and, and hear y'all's takes on just the, maybe the George Floyd situation, your takes on the riots. I mean, for me, it's very simple. Like, isn't I don't even I don't feel like we need to talk about the situation. George Floyd was murdered by yeah. four police officers on video in broad daylight. Those four officers should be in jail right now, and they should be convicted of murder. And I think that's about it. I don't think like just, there's nothing else for me to discuss about the actual situation in and of itself. I so a, I have a question for you. Sure. As someone that kind of has and does work in the social justice arena, what do you think is a more effective tool, protesting or looting? A more effective tool? Looting isn't a tool. I think it is. I don't think looting is... Because if you are... If you loot in the right places... Thank about. you. I think but, looting um, in and of itself isn't a tool. Strategic right. looting can yeah. definitely be a tool. Like if you affect police station, mm -hmm. that I think is an effective tool. Because <laughs> like most people, I'm assuming, don't think that they have the ability to even approach the police like that. But to do something like that shows me like that you're not scared and you're willing to take action no matter who you are. So let's define looting though, because okay. I define looting as busting into some place and taking the resources without paying for mm -hmm. them. I see that as looting. If we're talking about looting a police station, then that means niggas better came up out that bitch with some guns and ammo, <laughs> right? So like if you're just burning down the police, if you were able to take over mm -hmm. the police station, but you're not getting any pillaging. resources, that's a little bit more riot, rioting, pillaging. Okay. It's more of a- Well, let's say rioting instead of looting. Okay. Pro so rioting and protesting. Right. I think that rioting and protesting both have their place. So the thing is, a lot of people try to say that uh, protesting is peaceful, rioting is violent. There's no mm -hmm. such thing as a fucking peaceful protest. That's an oxymoronic statement. That would be a parade, right? That's, <laughs> that's, that's different. So why, why do you think that? Because a protest in by nature is is violently rebelling against the status quo, right? A I protest, like when you pro when you protest a, a sports game, what mm -hmm. happens is you say, no, 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 no. This is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Whatever the outcome that y'all come up with, we not co-signing it. We're not for it. We don't believe it. It's some bullshit, and this should be looked at deeper than it already is and it will only happen if we raise hell about it to me that's what a protest is mm, i don't know if i would use the word violent to describe that because i feel like how do you okay so how do you define violence though it don't really cause enough change for it to be violent in my opinion um, that's why i prefer rioting Violence isn't, uh, change isn't a prerequisite for violence, though. Like, I can't recall a time recently where protesting has 
caused a long-lasting effect. Well, you might be able peaceful to protest better than that to me. Nah, well, well no, because I think it, uh, so. What it comes down to, I think, is semantics around the definitions of these words. Because I get what you're saying. What you're saying is holding hands, marching on the street, saying, you know, no justice, no peace hasn't really affected yeah. anything one long day. exactly that hasn't really caused any kind of long-term change or done anything than been really a photo op of like unity right mm-hmm. like that's basically what that's been what you're saying is rioting on the other hand which does have at least the connotation of that violence has at minimum sparked action from powers to that be that like have to get involved in a way that changes and quells the emotions of those people so that they're no longer destroying things, right? And I think that, to your point, is a lot more effective. And I think that that's what people are failing to realize. And again, it comes down to the semantics of these words, but like Mm -hmm. when you riot, when you buck against a system, which is something that is very near and dear to American integrity, to the very source of who we are, It doesn't happen peacefully, right? Like you, like yeah, no, nah, them niggas wasn't outside, standing around with muskets, just saying kumbaya. They weren't doing that. I'm just letting yeah. y'all know. There was a book that I just recently heard about called The Field of Blood, and it's about the violence in Congress <laughs> and the road to the Civil War. Hmm. Motherfuckers was drawing down on each other, bro. Like yeah, they was, was li- yeah, like they was getting <laughs> busy. So like even like for us to try to act like legitimate violence, legitimate rioting, legitimately putting your life on the line to defend your values and what you believe is right and wrong, mm-hmm. isn't just a regular part of our history. You're being bogus, you're being wild, and you're being um, a victim of what you've been taught by the powers that be. So I can only blame you so much, but I just want you to know that that's what's happening to you, right? Like you, it, maybe it's not your fault, but like, this is what's happening just so you know right like you're not being taught all of the the entire context of the information you're not being you you don't learn that we're not taught that right and so therefore it becomes very easy to paint what is looked at as modern day rioting and these savages and thugs just being violent and destroying their own communities and what does this mean what does this get you what does it accomplish well it accomplishes uh, it listen man having the national guard have to come in and like help gain control under your city mm-hmm. before you have made a decision on whether to convict this man or not let y'all don't convict him yeah let like exactly. let minnesota let that man free like let just oh, that's all, that's all i'm saying and i guarantee you that like minnesota Right, the elected officials there, the powers that be there, the folks who maintain the economy, motherfucking businesses that would think about investing there and, and coming there or staying there. Mm. What you think that insurance looked like if that man don't get convicted? Right, yeah. like fuck what the people feel. Like, yeah. I, like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, just to put that aside for just a second, what you think the insurance company that 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 insures that target that was blown up and, and looted? Which they can be like, oh hell no, we good. <laughs> like, yeah, nah, we straight. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's an economic decision. So now that's why and that's where rioting becomes effective because <laughs> it's not simply like 
it's almost like the perfect thing. You're allowed to be emotional and express yourself and be destructive in the most problematic ways. But at the end of the day, it's actually building up to something and to something that might mm-hmm. actually change something. So it's, yeah. it's damn near like the perfect thing, <laughs> low key. Uh, if you think about it, it's emotional and logical at the very same damn time, if done correctly and strategically, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's that's my outlook on it. I guess to answer your question, writing is definitely more effective as evidenced by the creation of nations, including the one that we're in right now. Facts. With that being said, I think we also cannot downplay the strategic piece of this. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I saw was uh, like Killer Mike and T.I., talking about the riots going on in Atlanta and uh, you know the CNN center the headquarters of CNN which is based in Atlanta mm-hmm. got like vandalized and you know the the mayor killer Mike TI just some of the Atlanta figureheads of black culture you know were very very upset and mad and urging people to go home and stop destroying the city and all of this and I thought that was very interesting and different than anywhere else because Atlanta is different, bro. Them niggas actually do own their neighborhoods. It's actually a little bit different. Like you mm. can't say that about Minnesota. Like that ain't our target. Mm. You know what I mean? That ain't our auto zone. Mm-hmm. But in Atlanta, it is. That's yeah, a that's a yeah. big difference about that city. So like when you think about being strategic, I think that that's very very important. And I think it's the responsibility of organizers, right? and the people who dedicate their lives to this type of work to make sure that everybody else knows and is educated and is up to date on where they need to go to express their anger. Like, yo, Mm. I'm not finna tell y'all what to do, but maybe not do it over here. Let's go, we all meeting up over here to go (laughs) do this shit. You know what I mean? Like, I think that is required. The other thing that I wanna say about this is, you know, it's a whole lot of discussions that especially within the diaspora that folks are having about, you know, oh, these protesters are thugs and violent. This is not how you get change done. Oh, you should just be peaceful. Oh, like, you know, there's, there's so many different varying opinions. I'm not the type of person, I don't believe in judging how black folks deal with anything. I don't, I, I believe it all is right. <laughs> I believe all of it is right. I don't believe there's a wrong way for a black person to deal with trauma. I don't. Whether you want to be, I don't, I don't, I can't because, listen, man, the, the, the trauma on black people in this country is so fucking deep and generational. It's so, 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 so deep that you can't even blame people for not knowing about it at this point. So like, how you deal with shit that you don't know why is happening to you, I can't blame you for that. I can't. I can't do it. So I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm not. You'll never hear me denouncing the way that any black person deals with trauma. You might hear me talking shit about like uh, all them black folks that was hugging um, that white girl cop. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to look. I'm, I'm going to personally judge you. Right, <laughs> right. Like I'm gonna be like, yeah, nah. What the fuck are y'all coon ass niggas doing? Mm. Right. But I'm not gonna be. Uh, I, I I don't think you'll see me publicly policing black emotions and how to deal with shit. I don't believe in that. 
I also believe in that uh, that everybody has different roles, bro. And you got to understand where you fit in and what you can do and add and contribute to the movement to get change. Because everybody can't do everything. Everybody can't go get arrested every time it's a protest. Sure. Everybody yeah. can't go to the Capitol building and, and, and help advocate for a law. Everybody can't just film the police. Everybody can't go swing on a cop. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody can't do everything. Everybody has their different roles. Yeah. Um, and you, like, you, 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 at some point you have to identify what your role is in this shit if you believe in change. So like, I can't. What I would do and how I feel about mm. shit and what I would teach like my kids and, and me and mine's type shit is just what we gonna do. <laughs> I'm yeah, not here to tell other people how to how to deal with shit. I would. I feel a little bit of the opposite about that. Because I feel like since we don't organize in a way as a group to cause effective change, the fact that some people are doing these things and doing these things, it doesn't benefit us as a whole. Some people are just acting emotionally, not really doing anything to help progress the situation. I feel like it's pointless. So I'd much rather someone or act accordingly as a group opposed to just people. These people are looting, these people are protesting. I'd rather it be more uniform and organized to cause more effective change because we really, like, even at, you know, all of this is over, we really don't have, like, a set thing that we all want or we can speak on as having to take change and as far as police brutality or laws or whatever. I think... People convicted of these crimes, so... I, I think like that... It's not good that we aren't, that we practice things that way. I... I think what needs to happen, though, is just the leaders of these different opinions and, mm -hmm. and ways of doing shit need to be convening as well. And that's where the strategy comes from. Mm -hmm. It's not about it's not about being diverse of tactic. Right. It's about being coordinated in that diversity. What and what I think you're saying is missing is like we're not capturing the potential of people being emotional and rioting and mm -hmm. folks being in the capital and mark you know what i'm saying we're not capturing yeah. the potential of all of these different things happening because we aren't organized and i think that it's not necessarily like it's the responsibility of leaders to organize those factions though right like i can't put that charge on regular everyday people you know what i'm saying it is the charge of the leaders of well, these different individuals really to like leaders but I think we do though. Like that's that's Who will the be thing. be some of the leaders. Okay, if you're all right, uh, I, I like. Who do you look up to? Like, who would you listen to? Who do you think represents uh, your views and your thoughts and and what you think is right most closely? No one. No one. Yeah. So you. Yeah. Okay. Rafi, who represents your views, your thoughts? And, and what you think is right um, that that holds some sort of I think for the most part I would agree with Justin no one person fits that very closely I think for the vast majority of black people in America you can look to someone like Obama mm -hmm. that you gonna listen to what he said mm -hmm. Obama's one I think Farrakhan is one for a lot of folks. Mm. I even think you start like it's, it is 2020, so you look at celebrities, right? Like the Angela Rise, mm. even the political figures. 
So you're saying like Charlemagne's. So like, like Sean King, Charlemagne, Obama, LeBron, <laughs> and um, Louis Farrakhan should like have some kind of summit and work out a strategy or plan of no. Nah, because you know who you're leaving out. You're leaving out the I most. I just named the most people. <laughs> but no, what I'm saying is the. Well, no, it's not even that. The people who aren't represented in those names that you listed is the people out in the fucking streets getting arrested and getting yeah. fucked over by all this shit. That's why that conversation will never be sufficient. Because that is the question that we have yet to be able to answer is who represents the motherfucking streets? Who represents the poor, regular, everyday person? legitimately that we could feel at least has some sort of perspective like at least they understand what i'm coming from you know what i'm saying so none of those other people have the, the experiences that i the, think that everybody would 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 say fits that in mold. the civil rights movement did we do you feel like we had people that were like of the streets or from the streets being represented or was it like these leaders because most of those people came from the church or some kind of religion Yes, and I also think that well, you got it. So this is my other. This is the other big point that I have about I think all of this situation Mm -hmm. is basically read a motherfucking book. If you look at the civil rights movement, Mm -hmm. fam, yes, the 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 faces, the figureheads of the movement were strategically placed. They were not necessarily representative of the needs and wants and experiences of the people however they were chosen and put in those positions because it was strategic to have them there in order to advance things and move the movement along that didn't come without contentions within the ranks arguments within the people like being upset about that whatever that that exists that is what it is and it it's necessary right but for us to sit up here and act like we don't have examples of movements over and over and over again and know exactly how they have failed and act like we can't just do something a little bit different this time, I think is the definition of insanity. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just switch it up, y'all. We can like we can we can try some little different shit. Cause guess what? They not gonna stop killing us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Until we figure this shit out. They're not gonna stop, fam. So like the next time this shit happened, what, 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 what? Like what? <laughs> you know what I mean? We have to. It's a cycle. It's, it's a cycle until you break it. And I think that breaking the cycle, at least in my mind, could start with having some sort of coordination and some sort of representation from like, quote unquote, real niggas, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that needs to be. That's a. That's a that's a faction that hasn't been a part of the table. I think in a very like or ever, like or listen to ever. Real nigga representative. Oh. I think part of why people hold rappers at such a high regard is that they are these real niggas. Supposedly. That are coming from. They might have found success, but their origins are that that was a dude up the street that was facing the same struggles that I'm facing. There's a level of relatability or a common ground that you find with that struggle and you appreciate or put them on a pedestal because they overcame that but the foundation of their identity is still from that background is that still true though maybe once upon a time but like like we have takashi now (laughs) y'all i think he kind of exposed 
they not really about that shit. True. You know what I'm saying? So even if you're perceived to be about that shit, if you ain't really about it, you're you either get exposed and be, you're no longer the people's champ, mm. <laughs> right? Or like you're never thought to be in that position in the first place. Cause like nigga, you know what I mean? Who your question was? Who would be the streets representative? Yeah, I was gonna say who would be the real nigga, real nigga representative. <laughs> was a hard ER. You just threw in there. Listening to Trump tweets, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, oh, we gonna get to his ass in a second too. Who's the streets representative? I think it is. Um, I mean, shit, man. I don't. I don't. I don't know who it is. <laughs> I don't know if there is one person. I don't think it's a famous person, though. I think it's some. I think it's. I think it's somebody who, um, who worked two jobs and is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's somebody who's actually living and doing the shit exactly, and like still somehow finds time to care about their neighbors be like you know what i'm saying donate extra time you know what i'm saying it's it's someone like that doing that work and if we've ever been like anybody who's done any kind of like community type work we all know those folks bro <laughs> we all they exist in every community hmm. i the, just don't know if they would get the young people to follow them they're usually a young person that's what i'm saying they're usually a young person themselves so yeah they can get they can get, they can get the young, uh, super energetic teens who may probably go over and do some stupid shit. They can get them to show up to the motherfucking rally, right? They can get them to come to city hall. They can get them to do the shit, bro. Mm. They can. I'm. Yeah, man. We've all been at a community event where it's a group of niggas that we know good and goddamn well would not have been there mm-hmm. if it wasn't somebody who didn't bring them there. And it's usually the same person that's always bringing some random motherfuckers yeah. to some shit, right? Like they, you know what I'm saying? Like we you know better like, than me because I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, that's what I think is missing. I think until we have some sort, and I don't even think it's gonna be as like clean and and nice and organized as motherfuckers think it is Mm. i think it's gonna just happen out of force like it's gonna happen where like motherfucking charlemagne and and justin and angela rye and what's the name that work at the mcdonald's and the walgreens over time is all locked up together Mm. and motherfuckers done got to talking you know what I'm saying? Like it's gonna it's gonna be some shit out of force. It's not gonna happen organically. It never yeah. does. It's gonna happen out of necessity hmm. and out of circumstance. That's what I that's what I believe. Okay. Me personally. All that to say, so the the riots, they're great. Keep them keep them up. Be strategic. Listen to your leaders, your community leaders. Trust me, they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. They're not gonna steer you wrong. Most of the like real actual leaders. Maybe the ones that who aren't gonna get the headlines, but are actually leading the movement, they not gonna steer y'all wrong, bro. They gonna they gonna they gonna put y'all in a position to get whatever you need to off your chest and make sure you're gonna be safe. Listen to those folks, but also in the meantime, if you don't feel like it, don't fuck shit up, burn it down. Who cares? Like you have every right to do whatever the fuck you want to. I don't like it is what it is. Um, and when we're ready to organize, it will happen. Mm. It will.
Are y'all participating in any protests? Y'all out here putting your bodies on the line? Well, you already know how I feel about protests, so it's, it's a no for me. Okay. What about riots? I would get into some rioting. Yeah. Definitely. I love riots. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> Rafi? Uh, I haven't personally partaken in any as of yet, which isn't to say that I'm not interested in it. Allegedly. Allegedly. Hypothetically. But, um, I mean... I can use the excuse of, oh, I'm busy, I got other stuff to do, but I guess, um, I guess I'm one of those people who's skeptical that my, my one individual presence is going to make a difference. And I know yeah. that that's a symptom of the trickle-down effect that everybody feel like that and nobody leave the house at all, but right. I, I do feel like that. This is another thing too, man. It's also, I don't know if motherfuckers forgot. But coronavirus, like uh, we not supposed to be around each other <laughs> type true. thing. So yeah. like, this is another example of me. I don't, I can't judge any black person for how they decide to handle this shit. If you decide yeah. like, yo, fuck that. I'm staying in the crib. I'm about to listen to this gospel verses this weekend. I'm about to praise the Lord. I'm going to watch me some avatar. Like, fuck you niggas. I'm not dealing with that shit. I ain't mad at you. Like. I'm, I'm honestly, I can't be mad at you because I feel you. Like, this shit is exhausting, bro. Yeah. But if you also feel like, you know what? Fuck my health. I'm willing to die for this shit. I'm not mad at you either. Like, do what you got to do. Yeah, do what you got to do. Let's talk about your man's Trump, though. Because this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to read, I want to read the tweets that this man said because... It's so much better than what I can summarize. Um, damn, that same post is still on my timeline, too. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the mothers out there, man. <laughs> Let's see. All right, so your man, uh, Trump, Trumpito, Donnie boy. Yo, this man has lost his fucking mind, and it's very, very interesting because... He is like, I, man, I appreciate Donald Trump because he's changing things that I think uh, opens up the playbook for motherfuckers like me who like don't want to be politically correct all the time and like prim and proper and use it like that don't want to speak the language of politics all the time. He is changing that being a requirement. Uh, so I appreciate that for him, but this is the wildest shit you have ever you ever did see. I'm telling you. So this man goes um, as the riots in Minneapolis were. It remains to be seen if they were peaking or not, but as they were starting to like turn up and the, you know, the they 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 took the police station, they started burning shit down and all of this other shit. Y'all's president goes, and this, I'm reading directly from his timeline. These tweets still are on his timeline as of the recording of this podcast not edited you can't edit a tweet so this is exactly what he said i'm reading these verbatim word for word exactly exactly what he said okay i'm not embellishing anything i promise all right he goes um 
I can't stand back and watch this happen to a great American city, Minneapolis. A total lack of leadership. Either the very weak, radical left mayor, Jacob Frey, get his act together and bring the city under control, or I will send in the National Guard and get the job done right. These thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd, and I won't let that happen. Just spoke to Governor Tim Waltz and told him that the military is with him all the way. Any difficulty, and we will assume control, but when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Thank you. You gonna break that looting part down? Yeah. So first of all, that was that was exactly what he tweeted, word for word. Now, that second half of that second tweet, any difficulty, and we will assume control. But when the looting starts, the shooting starts. That is a direct quote from the Miami police chief, I think, in 1967. I think his name is Charles or Walter Heatley. Charles or Walter, some old white man name. That was his quote from dealing with protests in Miami at the time, 1967, in the South, middle of the fucking civil rights movement. The police chief said exactly that. When the looting starts, the shooting starts. The other half of that quote is we've been accused of police brutality. We don't mind police brutality. Okay? So this is not just the rent, like the typical donald trump being wild as fuck on twitter mm. he's actually quoting a a known and a self-admitted white supremacist who has a certain view and strategy on how to deal with protests kill them all we not we not worried about killing y'all in fact i think he said up to and including death, all tactics up to and including death mm. <laughs> in dealing with protesters he ain't fucking around. He don't give a fuck about your life, is what I'm saying. And our president has decided to quote this man in how to deal with uh, the people expressing themselves in Minneapolis mm -hmm. and across the country about even what he's admitting is the murder <laughs> of an unarmed black man. Even Trump is saying, hey, yo, buddy was murdered, but still, y'all tripping. Like, he's telling you to your face, yeah, he was murdered by the cops. And y'all niggas need to fucking relax and deal with it. Like that's that's yeah, basically. Like translating what he's saying, right? Um, and then he goes on to have a, a bunch of other series of tweets. One of my favorite is his uh, his clarification. Um, his clarification on what that meant so he caught a lot of backlash on like yo my guy you cannot be quoting this what you said was wild you can't like i'm sure even his own pr people was like hey yo nani hey yo let me let me hey, hey let me holler at you playboy real quick and so his his retort his response to all the backlash he was getting to the looting leads to shooting. He goes, looting leads to shooting. And that's why a man was shot and killed in Minneapolis on Wednesday night. Or look at what just happened in Louisville with seven people shot. I don't want this to happen. And that's what the expression put out last night means. It was spoken as a fact, not as a statement. It's very simple. 
Nobody should have any problem with this other than the haters and those looking to cause trouble on social media. Honor the memory of George Floyd. Leading leads to shooting. It was spoken as a fact, not a statement. No, 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 no. I wasn't referencing nobody else. I'm just letting you niggas today know. Y'all gets to loot. <laughs> we gonna to get to shoot. <laughs> Don't got shit to do with, with, with Headley in the 60s. No, 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 no. And, and shout out to him. But what I'm saying <laughs> in 2020 is you niggas keep acting up. <laughs> That's what he's... Act up, you gonna get smacked up for real. <laughs> and you know, he then goes on to to make a call for for Magonite. Yo, this y'all gonna hear this recording after whatever Magonite happens. But he also called on Twitter for a spontaneous somebody. I understand that tonight is Magonite type shit. So you know, <sighs> we gonna see. But your man's is wildin'. Where'd y'all find him from? Where'd y'all get him? He don't give a shit about none. And it's weird because y'all think Joe Biden's gonna be able to clap back against this man. Has he said anything? Yeah, he has. And this sounded like he was reading the ingredients list on a very processed product. To be honest, he's probably happy this is happening because it got to talk off of him and his black people comments. Or like, I should just get the black vote. Yeah, we're like, come on, you guys. <laughs> I didn't do anything so, this while. Like, if you ain't for me, you ain't black. That was the yeah, yeah, that was the quote. Yeah. So, like, this is probably giving him ammunition to transition out of all that controversy and get into, like, I stand with these people, put out these whatever kind of statements he needs to. Problem is, he's going to put out a statement saying, I stand with these people, and people really standing with him is going to be like, hey, yo, Joe, what do you mean by that? Mm. And what he's going to say is, well, you know, cops are necessary and, you know, mm -hmm. it's just a few bad apples. And he's going to start repeating that same old rhetoric that we keep we've yeah. been getting. Yeah. And motherfuckers, I'm telling you, <laughs> based on the mix of ingredients and circumstances happening right now, niggas, niggas is collectively probably going to give him a fuck out of here. I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope it happens. I, I honestly think that people are going to give Joe Biden a collective fuck out of here and Trump probably is going to win again y'all I'm just I'm just saying yeah I guess he voter turnout being real low this year yeah who the fuck is going to but vote Trump supporters being so yeah it's it's um yeah it's wild <laughs> man it's wild it's it's just wild Trumpito is a fucking hilarious character man funniest president ever Hands down, hands down. Was has any like we used to think? Wait, 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 wait. Is he George funnier Bush than George Bush? Because George Bush was fucking funny. It's funny because like it's not funny on skill per se. It's funny like unintentionally funny. Yeah. Like George Bush was. Funny he was a bumbling idiot. That's yes. what it was. Donald he was Trump like, is unintentionally funny because he's a narcissist. <laughs> yeah. He just like doesn't care what he's saying. Well, I think what's funny is that actually Trump isn't fucking funny. That's what makes it funny. Like, he's saying the shit that you're not supposed to say. He, but he's dead ass about everything that he's saying. But this is all the type of shit that you're not supposed to hear. Yeah. Right? Like, that's what makes it funny. That's why, I, that's what comedy is, right? That's that, 
that shit that make you laugh at some shit you're not really supposed to be laughing at. That's what comedy is. That's why Trump is funny. Because he's being so real and blunt and honest and transparent about how he really actually truly thinks. It's like, yo, look at this motherfucker. <laughs> like, he's like a train wreck with power. Mm. <laughs> right? Like, he... That's what makes it fucking funny. And it's so dangerous. And to me, that's the best type of comedy. <laughs> that's... I mean, and shit. That, now, we just stumbled into a whole nother topic. But, I don't know, man. That's... Yo. This shit is wild. This shit is fucking wild. <laughs> I hope that by the time I have kids, that politicians are like niggas like us you know what i mean huh. like i'm hoping that what it looks like to be a politician and represent people starts to fucking change that's what i'm hoping like i'm hoping that people who potentially could have been politicians but never really fucked with wearing a suit or going to class can actually go you know what i'm saying can yeah. actually become and have some fucking decision making power because I trust them niggas a lot. Mm. <laughs> and a lot more than motherfuckers making decisions right now. So, I don't know. That's how I feel. Any other, any other words about uh, the current circumstances? Oh, the other thing is alternatives to police. So we didn't really dive deep into like police brutality. I think that, like I said, for me, this is very, very simple. Stop killing people. Like, you, there's no reason to do it. You're clearly just a murderer. There's nothing else to talk about. Like, nothing about the situation required any type of violence whatsoever. Mm. Like, there's nothing, nothing about this warrants any of that. So, like, I don't even have to have a conversation. I feel like I don't even have to have a conversation about that. The larger conversation, though, is around police, if they're necessary. And, you know, how do we deal with police brutality and what are some of the tactics that we can employ to like not allow them to be able to do things so in order to understand that i think we have to understand the history of police i think we have to understand that police are a new fucking institution okay they're about 100 years old i think less than 100 years old police is not some shit that have existed since the beginning of civilization that's not true there's some that's a new fucking thing yeah. And they're also, like, lots of people don't know this. They weren't, they were created to catch runaway slaves. They were not created for any other reason. Mm -hmm. The fucking, there was a sheriff and his deputies to catch niggas. That's what they were invented to do. That, that's what they were empowered to do. They received a badge, a license to kill and a vehicle for transportation <laughs> to catch niggas. Yeah. I want that to be very, very clear. There was no other need. Motherfuckers settled disputes, conflicts amongst each other, issues amongst the people, amongst each other. Mm. Either nigga, we gonna fight and we gonna come up with a resolution or I'ma kill ya, take your shit. <laughs> like, there was ways to resolve, like, People like to think that that is what police are for. No. Mm. Police are for nigga catching. <laughs> That's what they are for. Now, over the course of time, the institution has molded and adapted yeah. um, in terms of like adopting to society. Um, and over time, they have 
added responsibilities in terms of protecting property, uh, enforcing the law, you know, protecting and serving. All of these things are things that have become a part of the institution over the course of time. These are not original tenets whatsoever. These are new things that have developed along with society, right? Problem there though is that as it has developed and as it has molded and adapted, its purpose was never acknowledged and actually swept under the rug and actually taught and lied about in a way where we don't like know the actual reason that police exist and the history of them. So that's problematic right then and there. A lot of people also like to act, the, they like to say, you know, we've never seen an example of a society that doesn't exist without police. Native Americans. Native fucking Americans. <laughs> Right? They didn't yeah. have lawyers either. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you didn't need that shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because you don't do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it's. Y'all gotta understand, bro, that when white people come, they bring this shit <laughs> that don't make no fucking sense. And then try to act like, well, you need this. No, fam. We need it because you're here. Right? Like, we have to adapt to the bullshit you done brought. Mm. That's very yeah, different than being necessary. Native African societies did they have police? No. No. Mm -mm. no, you got your ass whooped by the elders, bro. <laughs> right? Like, you got held accountable by your people. You ain't just finna be out here wilding because you fucking us up. Mm. It's about us at this point. We're holding you accountable because how you behave matters to us. It benefits or detriments us. Now we're in a society where we're so warped and so fucked up and withdrawn and disconnected from us that you have motherfuckers acting in the interests of our fucking opponents without knowing it. That's how fucked up it is now, right? That's how that's how warped shit is. I don't know, man. So like now you have people like to like to say, you know, you need police and all of this shit. That's bullshit. I don't think we need police. I think there's a ton of alternatives to police. Even if you know, you're scary and don't want to just like get rid of police and come up with a new solution right now as if we're not capable of doing that. Yeah. You could slowball it. You could talk about defunding them, giving them less resources, providing some of the uh, splitting some of the resources that go to police to some alternatives, mm. alternative means of whatever you think the purpose of the police is. Right. Yeah. Uh, whether that is. You know, being a, as a as a first responder, y'all know they don't get training in CPR, like first aid tactics. Did y'all know that? I would assume they did. Firemen do though. Firemen do. All the other first responders do. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> come on. Yeah. 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 What? Like, come on. First anyway, does it kill you? The ones who know how to save you. Yeah. Yeah. That it's it's weird. Um, so alternatives. Uh, if you're if you're defunding them right a lot of the resources the monitor the money the taxpayer money the money of the people that goes to um technology for them to fucking make it easier to assassinate you could be used in other ways it could go to community mental health services it can go to community accountability entities right like it can go into education programs it can go into rehabilitation services it can go to Economic development, it could go into all types of different things mm -hmm. um, that makes the necessity that y'all feel <laughs> of police less and less relevant, right? Mm -hmm. That's one alternative. 
one of my favorite things is thinking about disarming the police, right? Maybe just remove their ability to kill you. So they right? just have like tasers maybe or something? I mean, but why do you need a fucking taser? Because there's some big motherfuckers out there that you can't ask them to kindly turn around so I can put these handcuffs on you. Well, you saw that rowdy, did you see that rowdy white lady that was in the car? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> he tried to give her an $80 ticket and she's like, no, I don't, I'm not taking this ticket. He had to tase her. No, he didn't though. That's my, that's my point. <laughs> she was a wildly white yeah, lady. Yeah, she was a wild her. white lady that didn't, like, you mean to tell me that you could not control her any other way than well, tasing her? Tasing immobilizes you. Like, if you, if you were to wrestle an old white lady, you'd probably break her arm if she's trying to resist. An old white lady with a broken arm or a, a dead old white lady who had heart failure because of a taser. Mm. Like, come on. <laughs> we're talking about yeah. life and death here. Not necessarily like, with tasers, but... Well, sometimes, though, right? Sometimes. Rubber tasers, bullets. rubber bullet, whatever. I don't think Man. you need deadly force. Okay. I don't think Tez maybe okay. Let's let's uh let's not consider that point. Yeah. So disarming the police, removing any means of deadly force from a police officer. Mm -hmm. There's no situation where anybody needs to die. That I can't think of any. And in in the moment where you you need to die in the in that second, I can't think of any situation like that. School shooters. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I but guess that might be a case How where a SWAT comes in. And not arrested. Thank you. How many of them have been killed Definitely and not arrested? killed themselves, but yes. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't see any reason why police or anyone should be equipped with deadly force and the license to use it yep. under their discretion and with impunity. So. makes I don't get it. If you were to do that, would how would you handle gun current gun laws? We do we still get guns or nobody gets guns? How does that look? Because that's gonna be another thing about it is gonna be like, well, these criminals have weapons. What are we gonna use to protect ourselves and to protect you? I think that the narrative of police being fearful and needing to protect themselves is one of the dangerous things that allows them yeah. to operate the way that they operate. Yeah. Because That's how they you get to, yeah, my, my guy, you opt into this career. It's not like you don't have no other choice. You are choosing to do this. Yeah. You are assuming the risk it takes to be a part of this. And no, we're not going to allow you to just kill people. Like no, like no. I'm so. I, it doesn't. It's this. These puzzle pieces ain't matching to me. Yeah, criminals have guns. They may have weapons. Okay, but what the fuck does that have to do with you serving and protecting? <laughs> what does that have to do with it? it it's unrelated to me. In order to combat criminals, you're yeah. telling me you need the ability to kill them. Ah, mm. uh, nah. I'm not going. That. Does not compute. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, most dude. of their interactions aren't with criminals where it would be a deadly situation anyway. So, yeah. It's, that's not the case. And even mm -hmm. even if it were, how many armed police don't prevent any armed shit from happening anyway. They may end it. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But they're not preventing shit. Fucking, what, like, no. When a murder happens, the murder didn't not happen because of police. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Just because there's more police doesn't mean that the crimes are stopping. Mm-hmm. How are we make? where are we getting this correlation of more police with more powers equals less crime? That that don't even make no sense. It's not even statistically true. Like it don't feel right, <laughs> but statistically it's like, get you. hold on, this don't even make no fucking sense. Y'all not stopping shit. <laughs> Think about that. You have to call the police after some shit happened to you, uh. right? <laughs> Think about that, fundamentally. You have to call them and let them know some fuck shit didn't happen. Ideally, wouldn't they have already known wouldn't they have been able to prevent the shit from happening in the first place? Right? Like, isn't I that mean, what that's protect <laughs> means? If you prevent it from happening, you don't get the credit of stopping it after it's happened. Like, there's no credit for preventing something. It's credit for stopping something after it started. Because you don't know what you prevented. Don't you? Exactly. Like, we don't know what they prevented. We don't know what social distancing prevented, right? We don't know exactly. the controversy that we averted when, by... When you operate in that grace hard to prove somebody wrong and it's also ridiculous to expect some credit for what is known as a public service right like again nobody is forcing you to be a public servant nobody is saying this is what you have to do you have no other option boom this is what you have to dedicate your life to you're opt you're choosing ideally people are choosing to get into professions of public service because they give a fuck about something yeah. on some level right that's because you care about something. It's about, like, it's it's just commonly known that being in public service is less profitable than being in the private sector. And you make that sacrifice with the intention, like, with the, with the knowledge that you are serving the people. That's why you get public service loan forgiveness, right? Even the fucking government recognizes, like, yo, you're taking a pay cut. A uh, pay cut. Pay oh, cut. Whoa. <laughs> You're taking a pay cut. You're taking a pay cut. <laughs> You're taking a pay cut, and we recognize that doing the work to help and serve other people is something that we want to reward. So you're, mm. we're gonna forget. Like, we're not we talking about some that. foreign subjects here. We're talking about things that exist. So like, uh. we know this already. So yeah, I don't know. That's. What about rubber bullets? If you get caught up with a non-rubber bullet, time. Simple rule. Non-lethal gun use only. Non-lethal gun use only. Whether you're a criminal or a police officer, if you if they don't find out that you used a real bullet, mm. you guilty. You got time to do. Because mm. you had intent to do more than prevent something from happening. You were attempting to use lethal force. Yeah. I'm with that. But you could even... I feel like there's so much gray area with that because a knife can be lethal, but it also cannot be lethal. Right. Like, I feel like there's there's so much gray area in that. That's a good point. Hand-to-hand combat only. (laughs) Like, square up, nigga. (laughs) Square up, nigga. I like that, too. (laughs) Oh, no, man. It's just a lot. I think that, um, you know, I'll say it here. Fuck 12. Them them niggas is so unnecessary, bro. At minimum, like, at minimum, at minimum, 
stop killing people. <laughs> like, and very, very minimal. Don't do that. Okay? Just, just don't do that. Um, yeah, man. That's that's. I wish we had some like transition music to to get from heavy oh, into like. We can like, do that. I like to cha cha. Hey. I like to cha cha. Hey. Another. <laughs> so one of the interesting uh, one other topics before we go to break that I want to bring up is interracial relationships in this time because I think that's important. It's a whole lot of black dick loving motherfuckers and black pussy motherfuckers that ain't saying shit right now. And I find that very, very interesting. <laughs> I find that very, very interesting. How do, like, yeah, no, I, I find that a little interesting, a little weird. It's kind of bogus to be supporting black people except for when we're dying. And then all of a sudden you're scared about how you look and the perception of you in that yeah i don't know y'all have perspectives on interracial relationships in these times have y'all do y'all know people uh in interracial relationships that are like <laughs> dealing with these times yeah i know a couple yeah is it difficult um i mean in the interracial relationship that i am a part of I appreciate the fact that my partner feels like she's a part of this and this is something that matters to her and she can't be silent about it. Mm -hmm. Someone who is not only not of black descent but also not from America, mm. she's kind of put in a lot of energy and effort into learning the history and the context because where she comes from there is no racism. Mm -hmm. So learning mm. why... What's your phone? Turkey. I don't think you're to that one. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds... Um, <laughs> just right it's, it's different. You can find some something. <laughs> yeah. right it's some spirit. wild shit, but it is not necessarily... <laughs> I'm sorry to cut you right. Yeah. Yeah. So just like her putting the effort into doing research, learning about the history of the house affecting now, asking questions, I really appreciate that she's involved in that. Mm -hmm. And like when I was, I showed, uh, we were talking about some of the protests and riots that were happening in Chicago yesterday. And she was like, um, are you, are you going to say anything? Are you going to share anything, put anything out on social media? Because I want to, I want to support that. I want to support what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I appreciate that she is involved in that. I think a lot of other couples, sometimes I can honestly somewhat understand that some people are scared of putting the privilege that they have on the line mm. by saying, hey, this shit ain't right, and kind of having a voice. This is kind of similar. I don't know him personally, but Nick Wright, I, I like a lot just in terms of his commentary in sports in general, but I know he's in an interracial couple, yeah, yeah, and I feel yeah. like listening to him, you can tell. I think he mm -hmm. married a black woman with two kids already. Two black kids. Mm -hmm. oh, is, well. You don't hear that too often. Yeah, he's not his own man. <laughs> like I feel like you could you could tell in the way he talks that yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he sounds educated. Right. And he sounds like he cares. 
Yeah. Could you date your girlfriend if she had no interest or didn't see it as a big problem? Okay. Fair enough. I respect that. He said no. <laughs> I actually, I, the only part about that that I would push back on is, you know, white people ask me all the time, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, what, what should I be doing? How can I be helpful? The answer, the answer to that is put your body on the line. Now, <laughs> if you're not going to do that, then shut the fuck up asking me all these questions. Go figure mm-hmm. it out and, and go be helpful. Like, period. It's not my job to tell you how to be helpful other than, yo, is protest happening? Yo ass need to be outside, on the yeah. front lines, in the front, as a barrier. Like, and if that's not what you want to do, then fucking stop asking me. Can you know money, what I mean? Can throwing money mean anything? Black Lives Matter, 10K donation, that mean anything? It means a little bit, but at the end of the day, your 10K doesn't stop a nigga getting killed. Mm. Do you understand? It may bail a nigga out for going to protest and nigga getting killed, but you're not stopping anyone getting killed. So I need your body outside. I need when you see some police detaining someone, I need your phone out. I need you watching. I need you observing. I need you reporting on that shit. I need you letting them know that you watching. I need you to put your body on the line. Outside of that, you can figure it out. Don't ask me. It's my bigger point. Like, if you're going to ask me, I'm going to tell you, your ass need to be outside. Your ass need to be sacrificing things that matter to you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing that, then figure it out. Like, what did you think about uh, the partner? That bitch got to go. This is... This is <laughs> I'm not going to get on my Uber just on this, but... Consciousness over coochie. Politics over Punani. I keep telling y'all that. Consciousness comes before... Like, I'm just saying. What Killer Mike's t-shirt say, a lot of my... I married a black woman, and a lot of my peers did not. Mm -hmm. So what you're referring to is the partner, I think girlfriend of George Floyd, which is a white woman, a Karen, uh, has called, has, has said that he would have wanted peace. He wouldn't have wanted violence, right? And another partner involved in all of this is the police officer's partner. Oh, who divorced his ass after years of police yeah. brutality and murders yeah. of people. And another aspect of this is the actual partner in the police force that was telling the everybody Asian to stand dude. back and let him, let him step on the dude's neck. There's, there's so many layers to this, yeah. man. There's so many layers to this. I... Yeah, no. No. I think that, you know, if if you're going to be in an interracial relationship, bro, your partner has to be with the shits. I, and that cannot be optional. It can't be a conversation. It can't be a learning curve. It can't be no shit like I, I that, would, you know? I would, I would honestly feel that way if it was, damn, I can't get a job because I'm black. This is... I, they killing us. <laughs> like, this is such an extreme level of that. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I don't know. For all white people who want to know, put your body on the line. That's the answer to that question. Otherwise, just figure it out. Do, do, do what you feel is best. But if you really want to know, it's put your body on the line. Um, speaking of interracial relationships, there was another interracial related <laughs> thing that happened in the in the news 
Do you know who Doja Cat is? Yeah, I'm familiar. You're familiar with Doja Cat. All right, so I'm not familiar with Doja Cat. Okay. Let me tell you my experience with Doja Cat. My experience with Doja Cat is Bitch, I'm a Cow came out mm-hmm. or Moo Like a Cow or something like that. And, um, you know, I heard that song and I was like, ah, okay, all right. I understand what type of artist we're dealing with here. Yeah. And it was funny because a lot of the type of progressive people of color were supporting Doja Cat because of this body positivity thing mm-hmm. with like the whole moo cow symbolism or that's whatever. That's what that was about? Um, I never really... I don't know if that's what it was about, but I'm telling you how people took it. Gotcha. Right? <laughs> so I, I saw that, but I was like, I'm not getting into this right now. So I got into the after. Yeah, I didn't know it was like symbolism behind all of that. And to be fair, I don't know if it was intended to be, but you know how hives work, bro. Yeah. Like <laughs> People just attached to it and identified with it and, yeah. and supported it. Um, so then, you know, so that's who Doja Cat is. That's how I was introduced to Doja Cat. Apparently, Doja Cat has been tearing the Billboard charts up with all kinds of hits and bangers. Apparently, some of the songs that I know, <laughs> like yeah. she sings them, I had no idea. But, you know, recently what came out is a controversy surrounding Doja Cat being involved um, with some, like, white supremacist online chat groups. Is it's that accurate? Conf- it's all very confusing. I'm not sure what the fuck is going on. So they're like, I don't know. That's as accurate as I can get. Chat rooms with white supremacists in them. But she, from what I've heard third hand, <laughs> she was in the chat rooms, but they weren't for supremacists. Supremacists were just in that chat room. Okay. I mean, that's a nuance that legitimately doesn't matter. It doesn't. Like if, you're on a, if you're on a Stormfront chat line and you know that these are racist white people, and you choose to partake in that, that's a little different than you're on this chat room about anime and there are races in the chat room. You didn't come there for that. Well, Your I would have to. Different. I have to push back because okay. if you have communities here, and one of the chat rooms about anime is dedicated <laughs> to a bunch of right. white supremacists, then you go into the white supremacist section, expecting the conversation about anime to be through a lens of the folks with these experiences who opt into this particular room. They're not having the regular chat there. It's a bunch of them with the same identity and, and perception so in the same room. a couple racists are like the bad apples in the match room in anime chat? I don't think it's bars. necessarily the... That was bars. <laughs> but I don't think it's like... I don't think it's about the platform okay. where this occurred is what I'm saying. Like it could have been... Um, you could have a group chat, right? Mm-hmm. Group chats aren't designed for white supremacists. But if you have a bunch of fucking white supremacists talking about white supremacist shit in the group chat, then that's what matters. Like this group chat right here, this one, that's, I guess, the perspective I'm I coming get, from. I get, I get so apparently, all that being said, she was in a chat room and I guess, you know, being sexually suggestive. Suggestive? Don't know if that's a word. We're going with it though. And like promiscuous. And, you know denouncing her own blackness, saying how she felt about being black, 
and I guess the only other way to describe it is like feeding into that ideology. Hmm. So to be fair about all of this, I haven't watched any of the videos that I have came either. out. So I'm <laughs> let's probably put that least on informed it. on this subject as I, I promise you're less informed. <laughs> I shouldn't even be talking about. It. I shouldn't either. But it's fun. But apparently, <laughs> this is the self-medicated style, boy. We're gonna run with the headline on this because we ain't seen none of this shit, and it's like whatever. But basically, she don't like being black or has some identity issues. Yeah. It, it, it is involved socially with others who maybe enable that yeah. right that that uh, sense of identity or lack thereof and basically took a bunch of heat for that and kind of what she you know is into and what she cares about and how she's represented herself and then even deeper it goes into colorism and some of the problematic shit she said she's titled a song with a common uh white supremacist phrase for for black people so like it's a bunch of layers mm -hmm. to it i guess i don't know the specifics of her <clears throat> situation but i yeah. think overall it brings up a lot of topics around you know your identity being proud of being black colorism being a light-skinned fucking woman being able to pass as ambiguous like all of this shit basically came up mm. in this conversation and what i got and basically where i'm going like my stance is i mean you don't get to profit off of, like you can't just be black when it profits you or when it benefits you and that's a that's <laughs> that's a problem that i have with a lot of light-skinned people and that's what a lot of dark-skinned people have a problem with us about it's like we have the ability to be able to opt in opt out you know what i'm saying we have a different black experience than other folks and i think that a lot of that is bubbling up with the Doja Cat situation where she's light-skinned. She's, you know, supporting the fetishization of black bodies and blackness yeah. um, at the same time while denouncing it and not, you know what Which I'm saying? Which is very confusing. It's so confusing. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. But, you know, a lot of people had a lot of feelings about it. My thing is... When she the thing about the thing about the Doja Cat situation is I don't understand why people apologize for shit they're not sorry about. I don't get it. I don't really understand. Like if you're not sorry about it, just say that's it. what the public calls for. Okay. I feel like a lot of times you just give the public this so they can justify their liking you or still fucking with you. But more often than not, what happens when you try to do that is you turn more and more people off. Yeah, it's Catch-22. It's, well, it's not really a Catch-22 because <clears throat> Catch-22 by design has mutual benefits and detriments. Well, the detriment is at the time, in the moment, you're going to feel the most heat for calling for the apology when you fuck up like this. But then she apologized and got even more fucking That's the thing. So you think you got to apologize and cool it down and calm things down, but a lot of times people fuck up. The best thing to do is not to do anything. Yeah, and that's actually, that brings up, that's a really good segue to this topic of social media and cancel culture. Mm. I've been having this argument with the Haitian sensation, bro, and I think it's kind of just a, like when you've been introduced to technology and what role it plays in your life type of thing because mm. 
Yo, it's really, like, I have a hard time. I was on social media and using social media before people were getting fired for how they use social media. Wow. I remember when the first few people that I personally knew got fired for what they were doing on social media. <laughs> so, like, I remember it, like, I remember motherfuckers be like, oh, shit. Like, it was a shift, yeah. right? The thing about that is there's a whole group of people who were born after that shift. So their relationship with social media is very, very different. The conversation I've been having is like social media and cancel culture only has the power that the people who are, quote unquote, getting canceled gives it because it doesn't it. <laughs> it don't mean so, shit. I don't yeah, think don't people need it to function in life. Like, like I, I gave the example of. Burberry. Do you remember when Burberry put out that fashion design that has something that looked like a noose on it? Yeah. Right after H&M and the Gucci shit? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I gave that example. It was like, all right. The outrage here, that Burberry specifically used control outrage for profit. In that after seeing the examples of Gucci and H&M fucking up, they mm -hmm. decided to put something provocative out there that would cause controversy, yeah. but also boost their sales. So they controlled the cancel culture outrage to their benefit. And so what my point is that, yo, cancel culture only works if you let it. It only has as much air as you give it. You can have 500 million people tweeting about cancel this or don't do this but what does that translate into dollars and cents to the actual person if you don't acknowledge it yeah right <laughs> right <laughs> like what what i guess the question mm. to me is really what is the power of social media and cancel culture can i, can I throw an example out you that sure. might go against r kelly i feel like he's been able to get away with everything he's been doing for all these years until cancel culture kicked in and got him out of here. Cancel culture got R. Kelly out of here. That's a that's a tricky one. That's a tri tricky example. It might be an example of the rule. I mean, I mean, uh, exception to the rule, but that's the first one that popped into my head when you're saying that. I feel like that's what the R. Kelly situation is. What cancel culture thinks it is. <laughs> okay. Right. Like ideally. That's how cancel culture is supposed to work. Like mm -hmm. the social outrage and attention and awareness brought to a situation should compel people with decision-making powers to do the right thing in a situation based on the awareness brought about by social media and you know discussion and dialogue happening around it. But if we're gonna be honest, that's not how culture, cancel culture usually works. True. Um, so another example is like Jimmy Fallon. That's another thing that happened this week, right? Mm -hmm. There's a clip that came out of Jimmy Fallon wearing blackface, impersonating uh, Chris Rock, right? That's a old SNL clip. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I was like, I feel like I've seen that before. Yeah. What? What? So okay. So now that's the thing. This is where cancel culture becomes complicated. That motherfucking skit was on live television. Mm -hmm. With producers, with people who practice the sketch, like it was a different. Like I, I say, it was a different time, meaning that uh, the awareness and consciousness of the history of what blackface is was not 
permeating that writer's room at that time. Yeah, so much to the fact where they is. felt comfortable enough to put it on fucking live television, yeah. SNL, one of the most popular TV shows of all time. Right? So, like, huh. that, that's, that's a. I'm trying to think about when I saw it, I, I don't remember being offended by it. Because it probably wasn't popular to be offended by black people. I don't know if I would be offended now, but I don't remember like having an idea of, like this is offensive popped in my head or do you even remember discussions or dialogue around that all. exactly yeah. so this is where my argument that yo the thing about social media is it allows people to actually be able to have these discussions and dialogues beyond their circle the that's the benefit of it the problem yeah. is you're having discussions and dialogue without any kind of context information True. education True. or awareness around it and you're formulating opinions and stances based on shit that not only do you not only believe personally but also aren't based in fact and aren't even just real or authentic it just yeah. doesn't mean anything like you saying hashtag cancel r kelly fundamentally doesn't translate into R. Kelly going to jail. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? Um, and so it's weird to me. It's like cancel culture literally is like a self-indulgent thing. It builds, like it doesn't do any fucking thing. It's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird to me. Like, for example, if somebody got mad about something we said on this podcast, right? I wouldn't even know. <laughs> A, we would have no idea. <laughs> we would probably like just plunge along. Mm. But that's the perfect example. Like if we don't know and we give no acknowledgement to it, mm. what does that what exactly is that canceling? What is that stopping? Is, like are we gonna be like, hey yo, man, there was some hashtags, yo. We might not need to do an episode this week. Like what the fuck? I don't <laughs> there get was it. Some hashtags. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't, I don't understand the, like, translation between what happens on social media and real fucking life. Because mm. I think a lot of times people on social media aren't even acting in their own self-interest or how they actually feel. It's like, this is what it's popular to do on social media right now. I look at um, yeah, yeah. Alice, what's, what's her name? Alice Cooper? Yeah. Uh, Central Park Karen? Like, she, I, think, I think she volunteered on Obama's campaign. Right, like she's a progressive, she's a liberal white See, woman. I didn't know that part. No, she's a liberal white woman. She really? donated to Biden. She worked on Obama's campaign. Like she has a history of like. How did this information get out? And the internet, cancel culture. <laughs> Is it ca cancel culture? No, nah, cancel culture okay. went and dug into her history and found like hmm. they found out about Shorty. And all of this shit came out. But that goes to show you, like, fam, just because you donate into the right causes and all of this other shit doesn't mean that as a white person, you don't have the option to opt in or out of all of this problematic shit. She weaponized the police because she knew that the police could potentially fucking kill him and that that was a weapon for her to use. Hmm. That's why she did it. Even recognizing or at least putting her actions, her money where her mouth is in terms of you know, progressive values and all of that shit. So yeah, uh, like cancel culture, I, I don't personally get it. I don't understand it. I, I get it. I don't get how it works. Let me, that, that, that um, I don't get how it works. Okay. I don't get, I honestly don't get how it works. Let me ask you a question. If Louis CK 
just put his special out on YouTube instead of putting it behind his, his own personal paywall, do you think he would have gotten dramatically less views or money from it? He probably would have got more. He probably would have got more. The only he other, definitely would have got more. The only other detrimental thing he would have got is probably more people talking shit. But at the end of the day, what does that translate to? You motherfuckers right. are watching my shit. That's where exactly. my money is coming from. Yeah. Like, well, you know what I'm saying? That's what I mean by, like, what is... What, what power actually I mean, does... Yeah. It, it only yeah. has the power you feed it. It doesn't True. legitimately mean it. Yeah, people can are probably going to start using it to their advantage. I mean, I guess that's essentially what Takashi started doing. <laughs> He's like, to use cancel culture to his advantage. Yep. The other ugly side of cancel culture is people who try to weaponize it, like Azalea Banks. <laughs> Azalea Banks so came out this week with Segway Kings. <laughs> Azalea Banks <laughs> came out with some like accusations against a bunch of people in the industry. I don't know why she did this. I just was she provoked into some her. way? No, she's. I just feel like she'd be bored and like, what can I say to cause some shit? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, half of the shit, I don't even, you know. Remember I was talking about the different roles that are necessary in society? Yeah. We need the Azalea Banks. Yeah. I just don't understand. So, like, she came out and said that she, like, had an affair with Dave Chappelle. And, like, some other people, too. That's, I just read that headline. I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. What is she talking about? <laughs> Why is she talking about it? Dave Chappelle is not... <laughs> What did he do? <laughs> Even if he is or oh, did, what's the point? What it, like? Listen, man. Usually, when a savage gets mad and upset and ready to expose some of mm. some wrong has been done to her, yeah. that man been in Cleveland with his family all quarantine. What did he do to her? <laughs> did he not he pick up her text her. or something? He didn't like, come to see her. That's what I'm saying. It just came out of nowhere. It <laughs> felt like like she was. And Dave Chappelle, <laughs> like it, it just felt like it came out of nowhere. Um, I can't wait till Dave says something about this shit, bro. You think he is? Oh, absolutely. Well, he's definitely gonna make a joke about he's it. He's gonna make a joke, and I'm excited for yeah, that joke. It's gonna be good. It's gonna, gonna be great. Nothing but time to craft these jokes. <laughs> well, <laughs> man, that's another conversation I want to have about uh, comedy in, in general. Because mm -hmm. I don't actually, I might put push back on that. Because jokes get developed by people hearing them and their reaction, and you change things. So not if the you're idea just in the, the crib. Joke, no, not the premise, but the execution yeah. of it. You're right. Yeah. The ref refinement of the joke comes yeah when you're telling people. I saw and somebody. I know you can't tell that joke to his wife. She's not gonna think it's funny more than at once. all. Even <laughs> even if he didn't, right? Like even if that's just a completely false accusation, yeah. she's still not gonna be amused by yeah. that at the crib yeah. in these times. No. <laughs> so maybe that joke in particular, he's definitely gonna need to hit the clubs. And <laughs> I saw somebody with a whole Twitter thread of how he would approach it, like how he would tell the joke, and it was gold. So gold that it might have been a, a Dave Chappelle burner account. <laughs> it was, I'm a, we should maybe post too. these on our shits, because yeah. <laughs> that shit was funny and problematic as hell. So yeah, man, shout out to Azalea Banks. We need entertainers <laughs> in these times, but goddamn, Shreddy, like... I want to know. I want to know what some. What did somebody do to her? Uh, Nothing. She just likes yeah. causing shit. Just starting shit. I did see that she came at Ebro because Ebro was like, "Hey, maybe Doja Cat has some identity issues, and we can help her. You know, maybe we should 
you know, help her understand how proud she should be to be black. Mm -hmm. And Azalea Banks came, Azalea Banks came <laughs> at him like, nigga, when I was going through my shit, I was all types of bitches and rats and roaches and all of this shit. Again, bringing up that colorism shit. Mm. But I thought that was it. That was, that I was mean, she has a good point. She low-key has a great point. Yeah. Hmm. That's a great Yeah, point. I can't argue that point. I'm sorry. But like... Also it's hard to take her aside because she does so much wild yeah. shit. Yeah. But I, I agree with her on that part. But I sympathize with that because my I be having good ass points, but the way I present them be wild as fuck. <laughs> so like I relate to her on that mm. end, but I don't be making the points she be making. <laughs> I don't think she be making no points. I don't think she be making no points. She just be out here wilding. She also has the best name in the industry. You think so? Absolutely, hands down. Azalea Banks. It just rolls off the tongue. It flows. I like the first part. Azalea. That's a flower or something? Something like that, yeah. Thanks. All right, let's talk about the new music that came out. It was actually some really good music. Mm. The Freddie Gibbs joined is my favorite. Okay, I'm still Alchemist listening EP. to that. It's so good. I did notice, though, this is something I just personally like for Freddie Gibbs. I like when he raps over dark, sinister sounding yep. beats, mainly because of his voice. I feel like it wasn't a lot of that on this one. I feel like it was more soulful than like. Oh. So like, I, I remember one song. I don't know if it's more than that one song, but like, that one had a dark, like sinister, like vibe I like to get from him. The rapping was great, but just personally, I just like want more of that from him. But great album. That's pretty interesting because I usually think of Alchemist beats as kind of dark yeah, like that. Yeah. You know like, what I mean? And now was, that you say that. These are more kind of soulful mm -hmm. beats, like a beat pack that he that he did on this. That's very interesting. Now that you say that, that's a yeah, really really good point. Freddie Gibbs over like some mob deep yeah, sound yeah, of production. Yeah, that would be amazing. But maybe that, he's just not in that place in his life. Yeah, man, I like the I like the album. I like it short and sweet. Mm -hmm. It's pretty quick. Like thirty five minutes. Yep. The features are awesome. I like that he has Griselda on two different tracks. I like. Benny the Butcher had the better. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That was a great verse. He cut that shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, shout out to Griselda, boy. I don't understand how people are not giving Griselda the credit they, they deserve. Are. They're not just going to get mainstream credit ever, though, because they don't do mainstream shit. Yeah, so I understand that. That's real. Uh, but yeah, man, shout out to, shout out to, to Gibbs' you know Alfredo. Have title, though? Like, the oh, movie, yeah, yeah. That started. Oh, that started. I know it started last least, quarter, I think. Yeah, but why? <clears throat> that's fucking amazing. Moving album art, <laughs> the interactive album art. That's dope as fuck. Young Ma's had Young Ma's album had a good one too. Let me see if I can find it. The best one I've seen so far. I can't remember. Uh, let me see. It was one of them young dudes. Maybe like, was it Uzi or? Uzi had a good one. This is my favorite one though. Oh shit! Young Asian is dope as fuck. <laughs> whipping up the syrup, whipping up the pot, <laughs> with the triple cup in the back, and a fucking chemist funnel. <laughs> that shit is yeah, dope. Yeah, okay. Benny had one too, I think. Oh wait, that's, that's not the Benny I want. No, the Hitler wears her mez, I think, was the one. This one. Oh Pray yeah, for that Paris. one. Yeah, this is my favorite yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. The Pay for Paris one. Yeah, that that shit good. is hard. Yeah, title changed the game with that moving album art, bro. That's I wonder how other companies are going to follow. 
like I have their if, own way they twist the freak the album art. Yeah. I like that a lot. All right, so shout out to Gibbs and Alfredo. The Ro James album. Did you listen to that? I did. Oh, it's good. It's, it's really good. I was I've been waiting for this album for a long, long fucking ass time. fucking time. And it didn't disappoint. I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. Ro James is one of those people who can say oft repeated R&B phrases and just make them sound dope. <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. rain on me. Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to that song and I think it's a couple songs before then I was like this is giving me like Prince vibes yeah. on like the content and the lyrics and like how he was singing it but like the production sounded like it was from the mid 2000s like that song in particular reminded me of uh, In This Club yeah yeah like, yeah this yeah, is interesting yeah. like combine those seemingly unrelated yeah types of R&B into one was pretty interesting i just feel like the the like phrases that stood out to me mm-hmm. in a lot of these songs are oft repeated <laughs> r&b phrases but I they just sound better coming that. from him yeah. yeah i wonder like curious to see what he starts doing interviews or yeah if that was like an intentional mm-hmm. kind of thing shout out to ro james did you listen to any of the deluxe versions of albums that came out? Mm, I want to get into the G Herbal. I don't know if I'm going to do the Little Wayne since I still I haven't really listened to the first album. I mean, the, the regular the original album. Yeah, yeah, you can probably skip that one, but the G Herbal <laughs> one is actually pretty good. It's a whole good. other album, right? Yeah, like Uzi. Yep. Yeah, it's like eight or nine extra new tracks, and they bang. I'm actually really impressed with G Herbo, bro. Yeah. I think ever since, I, I, maybe it has something to do with being affiliated with Fab and just having access to better producers and engineers, but hmm. his little drill style, I think, is starting to become more and more refined, and he just sounds like he's getting better at rapping and hmm. being able to put songs together and all that. Again, that, in large part, is likely due to his family affiliations, yeah, but like... Him getting older. Even getting older, getting better for sure. Yeah, and having more experiences, more content outside of like having a kid and having those women problems. Yeah, G Herbo <laughs> has definitely taken over for me as my favorite Chicago rapper over, mm. at least current Chicago rapper over Chance. Chance has lost that throne, I think, with Coloring Book I for me personally. Mick Jenkins. Mm, that's a good Probably my favorite. Because he one. actually yeah. re- low-key released a really good album. I, yeah, he I did. don't really hear many people talk, talking he about it. He did, he did. I just love his wordplay, too. It was brilliant. Yeah, Mick is dope. That Water album was so good. Saba. Bro. Saba be... Yeah. Yeah, Saba be spitting. Uh, yeah. It might be Saba. the time between us with 1A and 1B right now. Mick and Saba? Because I really like Saba's last album a lot. Like That might have been my favorite album. What was it, 20... 17. We got um, Polo G on the come up too now. True, true. <laughs> Fucks with Polo oh, G. That little okay. nigga. I for, yeah, I forget him. <laughs> we got a nice got little. Some of this talent. Yeah, yeah, Chicago got a nice little crop of talent right now. And I fucks with Polo G. Polo G is one of them young niggas that I'm like just now comfortable mm-hmm. saying that I fuck with. Yeah. Him, but yeah. he like, yeah. he, he kind of dope. I ain't go front. That nigga is nice. I fucks with him. I was talking to Dr. BRB and she said we don't have any good rappers in Chicago. Shit. And like, cause I was trying to get her to listen to the Polo G. She wasn't feeling it, even though one song made her yeah, make yeah, her yeah. dance. But like, I couldn't she think of nobody on top. Like, like, I couldn't think of Saba or Mick Jenkins to. Cause I think she don't she's even fuck with like the. She don't even. She ain't even fucking with like the BJs or the Jeremiahs or. 
rap in, in particular. Rap in particular? Yeah, I know she does R&B, but yeah. No. Nah. <laughs> remember, she grew up listening to 3-6 Mafia. Yeah. So like but Kanye I feel like you should be able to... Not, she should be able to fuck with like the Chief Keef and Polo G there. You would think so, but... Or like the Heavy Steppers or some shit like that. Nah? Mm-mm. I also, I gotta also figure out, it's more new young niggas that's dope than just Polo G. <laughs> I have a suspicion, but that's all I'm, like, my ears are capable of receiving right now. Uh, huh. Overall, though, how do you feel about deluxe versions and how deluxe is... It's changed. It's changed a lot, right? It used to be, like, the deluxe version was, like, some new album art and an extra track. <laughs> right? True. Yeah, yeah. But now deluxe versions are slowly becoming, like, an additional project. And low-key, I feel like artists are probably just finessing it into throwing their, like, throwaway tracks onto the deluxe or what they would have put on the mixtape. Because remember, mixtapes yeah. used to come out before the album to just, like, prep the streets for the album. I feel like that's what the deluxe version is. It's like a after mixtape. I, I just assume, like, because of the streaming mm. situation, deluxe albums were just used as a way to increase your streams. I mean, yeah. So, like... I'm assuming you get the same streams for the album. Is it like original and deluxe, two separate streams? Right. Probably the same, cause kind of like what remixes is just like right. the same, just got more people on there. Was, so I'm assuming that's what's happening. Was Ye the first one to do that when he started editing live Life of Pablo even after it was out? That's different. Is it though? I it's it's so. a little different. Yeah. It's I think. Uh, yeah, it is in practice different, but the concept I think is kind of similar. Is being able to make changes to the project mm -hmm. you already put out mm -hmm. and still letting those changes count towards the original content well, views. Well, I right? would say the change, the difference is that he wasn't putting out new songs. He's refining, whereas they're putting out whole new songs, whole albums in some certain cases. But I guess my point, yes, you're right. That's the nuanced difference. I guess my point, though, is the practice of okay. being able to make changes to something that's already out and those things that have been changed still counting towards the original numbers. <laughs> right? So, like... <laughs> you're saying you're getting do-overs? <laughs> yeah, basically. Was, was Jay the first one to be like, yo, let me get a do-over on this track. Let me add this. Uh, let me add this verse on here. Been. You know what, what I mean? Yeah. Being able to edit that and be able to count your edits towards the original version. That's what I'm talking about. I know there have been a couple songs where they have had to take them down because of sample issues, Yeah. put them back up. I can't think of the names of those songs. So for this conversation, I was like, Kanye was the first. Yeah, yeah. I can't bring the facts. Well, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's super duper interesting. And I think that this all comes down to like streaming and what the fuck is a stream mm. and all of that shit, right? Like, you know. Bundle bundling deals and all of this other shit. It's just a bunch of shit. It's just so complicated. I think they're like working on laws about that currently. Yeah. So but I mean, even still, though, who's who's informing those laws? Exactly. I'm assuming the music industry. The music industry, We're not motherfuckers creating shit at all. Yeah. It's a, uh, <laughs> that would be like a frust just as frustrated as talking about NFL players making their contracts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's, it's, Let's just not. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just opt out Let's of that. Fucking right. <laughs> um, all right. Is there any music that you're looking forward to that's coming out? I feel like we haven't talked about anticipated music. We've been mm -hmm. reacting to music for a minute. 
But anything you you excited to hear? I know we mentioned TDE earlier because we were talking about uh, our organic shout out. But um, I'm interested in a SZA album, and I want a Isaiah Rashad album. Oh yeah, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> it's like that's I'm like I completely forgot he was on TDE until like they started doing like dropping these songs or singles or whatever. Yeah. Last couple weeks, and he had a song I'm like this is good. And I'm thinking, like, where the fuck is he? They were saying he had an alcohol problem. They almost dropped him. Damn. But that was years ago, so I don't know if he's still struggling with that or he's just writer's block or what's going on with him. And TDE niggas be taking their time, bro. Yeah. They do, and I don't ever be mad Mm -hmm. about it after. Yeah. (laughs) Whenever they drop the project, I'm like, all right, true. The only one I was a little, maybe I need to give it a re-listen, was Schoolboy Q and... um, Crash Talk. Crash Talk is good. Like yeah, that, you definitely got to read this. That took an extra year to come out from when it should, because usually it does every two years. That one was like an extra year. So Crash great, Talk. Because of Mac Miller and Nipsey. And yeah, all. true. Yeah. Crash Talk, I did not like the album for like the first six months. Mm. Like I listened to it like twice, and I was like, yeah, no, nah, I can't fuck mm. with this shit. Mm-hmm. And then I, something happened, and a couple of the tracks in a row played on title, and I was like, where was it? Where did this come from? I think I was yeah. just in a different listening mode and I revisited it and Crash Talk is pretty good. Like it's it's not uh it's not his best, but it's pretty yeah. good. It's pretty good. I guess that's the one thing about him that I will give him props for. He uh none of his albums sound the same. Mm. I might be I guess T D T D E artist in general, yep. actually. But uh so I, I don't want to just give it to him, but like, yeah. So like, I just don't know if I was ready for that sound that was provided on Crash Talk. So maybe I'll give it another spin this weekend. But yeah, I was, I don't know. It was like three songs I really fucked with and everything else. So I wasn't really feeling Num Num Juice when it first came out. Then eventually it grew on me. Yeah. Who got the best click right now? It's gotta mm. be Griselda. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry. They're the hottest. Oh, sorry. I mean, in terms of popularity and bar for bar, I might have See, to go. See, the only thing where I, so, they're the hottest. Greenville, they have the most potential. They haven't really released albums yep. like that. Well, they have, but like, they're gonna be, they're gonna fall into the same category as Griselda. Griselda, although they have the hottest run right now, they produce a lot of great content. I don't know if they have enough classic albums or albums that are deemed classic, maybe because of the output of how they put out. You don't really get to sit on it and appreciate it, which is one thing you get from TDE artists because they drop every two, three, four years. So I would say TDE, maybe because they're more of the quality over quantity. Yeah, that's difficult to say, though, because Redemption was the last TDE album we got, and that was a couple years ago. Was it? Cause I feel like you disrespected my boy, sir. Oh shit, my bad. <laughs> Fuck, my bad. Yeah, sir's album was really good too. That was actually really fucking mm-hmm. good. But that was still a year or two ago. That was last year, early last year. Was it early or late? What was the name of the album? Uh, Chasing Summer. August twenty nineteen. Yeah. So less than a year ago. Yeah. Jesus Christ. 
Uh, yeah, since then, I can't. Re- I think Lance Skywalker, but I don't know if people really. Oh no! Yeah, that's a. That's a, that's a <laughs> I tried. I haven't that's really a deep found label much cut. <laughs> that, like that fits with me. So usually, what I happens is artists like that are usually the writers and the crew mm. and have gotten to the point where they want to release their own show. Like Zakari. They, yeah. they got a few of those, yeah. actually, yeah. Oh, did you ever listen to the <laughs> the Nav album? No, never got yeah. to it. Yes, yeah. I'm about to be uh, Rory with the Chance album. With that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be meaning to get to that one for a, Damn, a long time. To <laughs> one quarantine, what the fuck? I guess that's a deathbed album for you. <laughs> I mean, what's funny is, I'll be honest with you, I have not been, I've, the way I've consumed content since the quarantine started mm-hmm. has been very different, very lacking. And it's weird mm-hmm. because, you know, when we first started this podcast at the beginning of the year, part, one very small part of my motivation for doing it was to try to become more in tune mm-hmm. and more up to date because I'm just the type of nigga I don't give a fuck what you niggas is talking about I just don't yeah. care it don't inform nothing for me but you know having a podcast you want to try to be as relevant and up to date with shit as possible um, and before the quarantine I felt like I was doing a really good job of just like listening to shit looking at, looking at shit and being exposed to shit I probably low key never would have yeah. but since the quarantine I almost feel like it's reversed like I Bro, it be Fridays when I look on, like, what's the new albums that came out? Like, I never really sit with shit no more like that. Um, And I don't really, I don't know if I like that. Mm. I don't know if I like that. I feel like I was able to incorporate newness and how to interpret it, how I felt about it in the routine of my everyday life. And now that that's disrupted, there's no structure to fit it into. I can listen to new shit whenever the fuck I want to. Therefore, I don't want to listen to it. Yeah, so much free time. Yeah, yeah. I'm damn near, I'm always writing or doing some other shit or working or, or doing something else other than consuming content. Now that mm. I have the freedom to, like, do those other things. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's interesting. Weird. Yeah. I'm assuming you got some of your uh, consumption in during your commute as well. Exactly. So, yeah, yep. that, that probably has affected it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't be going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you do, you probably not think, oh, shit, let me turn on a podcast. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Um, you want to do some Florida Man? Let's do it. Florida motherfucking man. Florida Man, uh, June 1st. Florida Man, oh, no, that one's, damn. Let's go with this third one. The first two was about sh- shooting. Uh, they're all about the, shooting women. Well, this one is about pelting, so that's different. <laughs> so, Florida man arrested after pelting girlfriend with McDonald's sweet and sour packets. Nah, I mean, we can't do another one of a nigga throwing food out. You right. You <laughs> that's right. like three weeks ago. <laughs> we did. We did. We did. I want to figure out why he thought that the best sauce at McDonald's was okay to throw at this bitch, but. I would. Uh, let's I just back up. Wait, what's, your, what's the best sauce at McDonald's? McDonald's? See, I don't really get anything at McDonald's that requires so- tartar sauce. Like, I don't know. Maybe they're tartar. <laughs> so we do agree that the fi- the filet fish is the best item at McDonald's. You have to choose one thing to get from McDonald's. the best sandwich. Oh, yeah. We can't need the fries. fries. Yeah. Right. 
It's definitely the best sandwich though, right? Yeah. Easily. Yeah, yeah. All right. But cool. I can't eat it all the time. I can't eat anything McDonald's all the time other than the fries. Yeah, right. Like, I don't know if filet fish is like me being spontaneous or gotcha. random, but like. That's weird. If I'm getting, I, I if can't I'm, get it every rip, I don't get that. If I'm going to McDonald's, I'm getting that. <laughs> I'm either, I'm getting <laughs> that and fries or just fries yeah. or, or like a beverage or something. I guess usually when I'm going to McDonald's, 99% of the time is to like get something so I can eat it quick in the car on the way somewhere. So that filet of fish and that tartar sauce will fuck up your outfit. So. That is true. <laughs> fuck, that's a good point. Oh, I gotta leave that alone. Yeah, that is a good point. Uh, let's see. Um, I don't know why. Maybe June first is just okay. Maybe should, do we just go with this one? Let's see. Let's see what happens. It might not be funny. Oh yeah, we doing this one. Florida man accidentally <laughs> shoots woman to death during foreplay. Officials say. Uh, Ever seen Trailer Park Boys? Yes, I have. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> have you watched the animated one? No, I saw that it was on uh, Netflix. Netflix, yeah. yeah. I haven't watched it either. Mm-hmm. And actually, I haven't watched Trailer Park Boys in a long time. Me either. I think the first time I got exposed to Trailer Park Boys was hanging around with some like pill head white boys. <laughs> And like just you know just trapping yeah. and not doing shit <laughs> and that was what was on tv <laughs> uh you ever see a blue mountain state yes oh god it's such a great show <laughs> yo <laughs> they don't but the reason why that show is great because it is a fucking snapshot of culture at the time of mm. like it, it it's a satire of shit mm. But it's also very, very close to what was actually going on at that time. Like anybody who has been like a high level, like a medium to high level high school or any kind of college athlete will fuck with that show. <laughs> Legitimately. No, I don't give a fuck what sport you play. Just like just being involved with sports yeah. as a young person and like all of the shit that comes involved with that. Yeah. Blue Mountain State will 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 We'll fuck with I might you. Might have to get high and watch a couple of episodes. Yeah, right? yeah. The movie is good too. <laughs> I watched that on mushrooms. It's a movie. That shit is hilarious on mushrooms. <laughs> Back to Florida, man. No, Loki. I don't want to. I don't want to read this story either. Cause Shreddy died. Oh shit. So I don't want to talk about that. All right. <laughs> so, Florida man arrested on child abuse charge after victim ate all the cheeses and drank all the tea. So basically, the little kid ate all the snacks, and Buddy was mad. So a St. John's County man was arrested uh, back then after police say he struck a child for eating all the cheeses and drinking all the tea. Carrie Nudson, 58, of St. Augustine, faces a charge of cruelty to another child after the sheriff's office deputy responded to a call to his home in reference to juvenile problems, according to the arrest report. Wow. We've all had juvenile problems, whether you got a kid or not. <laughs> you done had some juvenile problems. Uh, but apparently he was highly intoxicated when the officers arrived, saying that he had gotten into the argument with the child. The officer said things turned physical because Nutson told the child not to eat all the Cheez-Its or drink all the tea. And of course, as children do, mm-hmm. he did. During the, or they did. Uh, during the scuffle, Nutson struck the victim in the face with a closed fist and pushed the child against the wall. Again, 
nuts and was highly intoxicated. So here's a couple of things about this Florida man story. Uh, number mm -hmm. one, when you're highly intoxicated, you usually want some snacks. I didn't. Okay, that's not where I want to go. When you're highly intoxicated, mm -hmm. snacks be clutch. True, true. Cheeses and tea is not a bad combination, <laughs> honestly. But we're talking about a child here. What the but fuck you think a child's gonna do with some Cheez-Its? Whose snacks were they? That wasn't clear. That is not clear. Was he like over? Maybe his they were both of them. Baby theirs? mama's house, and she bought those for little Johnny. He's like, these are for me. Well, what it says in the article is yeah. he told the child not to eat all the Cheez-Its or drink all the tea. So maybe they were both of theirs, ah. and the child had more than their portion. Mm. That's a possibility. True. Like, you know, say so if we in this bitch. <laughs> we we you know what I'm saying we in the home together, you know your mama my baby mom like my girlfriend is at work and she just left us some snacks for the day, yeah. and nigga I'm drunk already and your ass <laughs> ate all the fucking snacks I can see how you can be like a little upset and mad, right like you can <laughs> you can see somebody especially when they're highly intoxicated being yeah. upset about that situation like damn nigga all the cheeses. And the tea, yeah. they in Florida, Jesus so it's probably good if you were drunk. Yeah. It's probably sweet tea too in mm. Florida. Come on, son. Mm. Come on, son. How old is this child? Because this certain child say this. No, I didn't say, but some kids know better. Though? But he fifty eight. I wonder how the child is. Like, is that his grandson? <laughs> nah, that's his girl, Shorty. <laughs> is it? He's fifty eight. That's his girl, Shorty. Listen to me. Got a young one, huh? Well, think about it. A child is just under 18. True. So you think it was a teenager. It could have been like a 13-year-old just as drunk as he was. <laughs> it's, in, it's Florida. It's true. <laughs> was this was in Zephyr Hills? No, nah, this, this one ain't Zephyr Hills. This one's uh, St. John's County. Okay. I don't know where it's that is in relation to <laughs> County over in Zephyr Hills. But yeah, man, that's Florida man for you. Don't eat all the fucking stacks. If you're going to eat some stacks, don't eat all the fucking stacks. And don't drink those. all the tea. You ready for sports to come back? I don't care. Oh, did you ever watch the Jordan doc? Nope. You still haven't watched it? I'm waiting for it to go on Netflix. It doesn't go on Netflix until next month. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Because I could scour the internet and find it, but I'll just wait until it's on Netflix so I can just watch it cleanly. In one place. I feel you. Not to find a bunch of links. I was about to say I could probably find you the, the whole thing, but yeah, I'm gonna just let you do you. Cause even if I found it, you still wouldn't watch that shit until was, next month. I still would have to stream it from my fucking laptop to my. Cause that's I, true. I like to watch it on TV. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's real. Um. All right, man. This is it. This is another one. This has been the self-medicated podcast. Hey. Oh, another side note, man. I'm so excited. Rafi been working on the logo. Mm. That shit looks lit. We about to have video coming soon. Malik is about to get us a green screen. Malik about to get us a green screen or somebody that does uh, fucking sign language. One of the two. Inside job. <laughs> um, but our shit is about to be lit, man. I'm super excited about it. I'm. You know, loving all of the rates and reviews on the on on Apple. Really? Yeah, we got a I couple more. Okay. Yeah, we got a couple more on there. You know, I'm just happy with where where this is going. Just make sure y'all share it. Make sure y'all tell somebody about it. If you fuck with it, somebody else probably fuck with it too. Uh, so just let them know. Make sure you following us at the Self Med Pod. 
Um, we have a legendary Instagram at this point. Our shit is so fucking dope, bro. <laughs> I be laughing at our shit all, all the time, forgetting that it's our shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, make sure you check out the Self-Medicated Podcast. Make sure you check out our Instagram for all the different segments we put out. Uh, we do the Florida Man segments. We do the organic shout-outs. We do story time. Uh, we got content for days, man. Just check out our shit. Let other people know about it. And yeah, this is the Wayfairy on Quentin Quarantino, a.k.a. the Banter Boss here with the captain of the Igloo, young, popular, and friendly, a.k.a. the Banter, uh, the Banter, <laughs> a.k.a. the Box Hunter, <laughs> a.k.a. One Pop Poppy, and even though he left, the man behind the visuals, a.k.a. Young, Fast, and Furious, Rafi. Um, this has been the Self-Medicated Podcast, and we out. It takes a little bit of white brainwash to activate the cool chip in the average Negro. <laughs>